0: Welcome to Yahoo Finance Presents. I'm Andy Serwer, and I'm joined now by Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Secretary Buttigieg, welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. Good to be with you.
0: Lots to talk about. I know you're keen to have a conversation about airports. I want to start with airlines, though, and ask Mm -hmm. you about the wave of flight cancellations and delays we've seen this summer. One bit of context is the airlines received billions of dollars in bailout money, uh, during COVID and aid during COVID um, do they owe consumers more than what they're giving them now? And have they held up their end of the bargain?
1: Well, I think anytime you sell a ticket and collect revenue in exchange for a promise to get somebody from point A to point B, you need to be prepared to actually do that. And uh, that's a conversation we've been pressing the airlines a lot on uh, these these last few weeks. Look, it is great news uh, that demand has returned, that passengers have uh, both the income and the inclination to get back in the skies after everything that our country's been through and and that the aviation sector has been through. But now that they are back, uh, it's very important that uh, that the airlines and that the system are prepared to get them where they need to be. Now, I'll tell you, uh, since uh, I uh, gathered airline leaders together shortly after the Memorial Day travel weekend, where we saw a really unacceptable level of of cancellations and delays, we've seen a lot of steps uh, that have been underway, including accelerated uh, work to recruit and train pilots, improved pay for for aviation crews, which I think is a a very obvious and important way to to help deal with the uh, perceived shortages in staffing, Uh, more resources going into customer service. And uh, I think that uh, that those steps have made a difference. Our last couple of weekends, we've seen the cancellation rate go back below 2%, which is more in line with what you've seen historically. Uh, But there's still a a lot of work to do. And uh, we'll do everything that we can to help uh, as a department. Uh, We'll look to the airlines to do the right thing and collaborate with them there. Uh, And uh, when and if they don't do the right thing, That's what our enforcement powers are for, and we'll use those two when and if it's appropriate.
0: Another long-term effort you announced recently is the billion dollars in infrastructure money to improve airport terminals, which sounds great. Uh, We're all for it, but is it enough money, Mr. Secretary, because you know the improvements at LaGuardia alone, for instance, $8 billion range. So talk to us about this endeavor, please. Well,
1: uh, there's always going to be a desire for more but what we have here overall in the context of the infrastructure law that the uh, the President led that, that uh, Congress passed on a bipartisan basis. Uh, we have more to work with than we have in a very long time and we're uh, putting it to use right away and it's going to airports big and small I was in uh, uh, Los Angeles, where uh, we're putting $50 million toward a road improvement, if anybody's ever been in that notorious horseshoe where you drop people off and then uh, uh, might have to spend another half hour just getting back out of there, depending what terminal you drop them at. Uh, we're going to be able to, to improve that. All the way through to a place like uh, Chamberlain, South Dakota, they got a general aviation terminal that's a mobile home right now and we're helping them build a more permanent facility and everything in between these improvements are going to make a big difference for the passenger experience and they're coming on their programs are more what i would call back of house uh, supporting improvements to the the tarmac the runway the apron uh, or indeed the air traffic control tower where we've got fantastic faa employees working under challenging circumstances sometimes in very old and dilapidated structures all of that improves thanks to the resources that we have under this Congressional Act and the other resources
0: we're putting to work. I think you yourself noted, Mr. Secretary, that none of our airports in the United States are in the top 25 world airports. So you've got that on the one hand, the delays, okay, it's getting better. Is there a holistic problem here that you're looking to resolve?
1: Look, we're the country that ushered in the aviation age. Uh, We ought to have the, the best when it comes to our airlines and our airports, we ought to be the pride of the world and they ought to be racing to catch up with us. Unfortunately, uh, in this sector and most of our uh, transportation in the country, decades of underinvestment have taken their toll, Uh, but now we're in a position to change that. And after spending so much of last year making the case for more infrastructure dollars, now we're out there putting them to work. And uh, the, the other thing that's really exciting about this is that even while it takes a while sometimes for the project to be completed, the terminal to be finished, the upgrade to be done, Uh, Right away, you're seeing the job opportunities associated with that. I was just uh, uh, with a group of apprentices who were uh, uh, trained in the building trades. And they know because of all this airport and other work up ahead that they not only have a job they're working at the moment, but a whole career ahead of them in in good paying work. And we're excited about what that means
0: too. Another facet of transportation, let's move on to gas, EVs, cars, Uh, gas prices. We've had 35 days now of declines. Your colleague at the State Department, Amos Hochstein, recently said gas could go below $4 a gallon on average. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, we're seeing it below $4 in many, I think, in, in most states now. Uh, so it's it's gone down markedly. It's still high, though. We're under no illusions about the, the pain that everybody is feeling at the pump. That's why we're continuing to work uh, to uh, do what we can being realistic, of course, about how much this is under the control of any American policymaker. But there are steps you can take, a lot of steps the president has taken. Uh, And then for the long run, making sure we double down on domestic clean energy production. I think the president's uh, being about that right now. Uh, And uh, creating more options for for families and for drivers by making it deeper and easier to have an EV. Yeah,
0: let's talk about EVs because you're overseeing the effort to have 500,000 public EV charging stations around the country by 2030. Uh, how's that going from the government side and also with a public private partnership? Are you confident that the overall EV sector is on pace to shoulder the load as more and more people switch over from internal combustion engines?
1: We're hard at work on this and uh, we, we are confident that America is up to the task, but it's gonna take a lot. Uh, and We're talking about uh, uh, major changes in, uh, in the infrastructure required to support vehicles and, uh, you know, the the infrastructure that uh, came about over decades for gas vehicles uh, is we just don't have time to to do it at at that organic pace, which is why we're making the investments that we're making right now to get to the president's goal of half a million chargers by the end of this decade. As you mentioned, it's a public-private partnership. We're not envisioning uh, most or even many of these being government-owned and operated chargers, but we do see a lot of areas where it's not yet profitable. Uh, to, uh, uh, to have a, a charger put in by the private sector penciling out, uh, or we need to uh, uh, make sure that we buy down the difference to uh, support a nationwide network so that you're uh, always confident when you go on a road trip that you can get a charge when you need it. Uh, we are within days of the deadline for states to deliver their plans state by state for how they're going to use the first year's worth of formula funding, we got a billion dollars headed their way. And I'm really interested to see what the states are going to come up with, because in all humility, even though we've got a lot of expertise, we've teamed up with the Department of Energy uh, for a lot of best practices, we're setting the standards for EV chargers, no one really knows a, a perfect solution on this. And I think each state's going to come with a slightly different approach, and we're going to learn
0: a lot from that as we go. Speaking of states, my understanding is that you are now a resident of the state of Michigan, which is the home of the American auto industry, and just curious when you think, Mr. Secretary, new car sales for EVs is going to exceed that of gas engines, and is this something the government should be in the business of encouraging?
1: We think it is something we need to encourage uh, for three reasons. Look, uh, the, we think the market is going EV no matter what. That's where the, the the world is headed, and that's where the automotive industry is headed. And as you noted, uh, that's true for the Detroit legacy automakers, just as it's true for for startups, the the uh, uh, you know the the Teslas and, and, and Rivians and other uh, firms that have been uh, in so many ways leading the way toward EVs. Uh, so it's very interesting to see you know uh, relatively new companies that specialize in this and some of the most storied names. In, uh, uh, in, in US autom- automotive uh, sector, the, uh, the big three out of Detroit, all moving in this direction. So I guess the question comes up, why would we be involved if this is happening anyway? Here's three things that I think will not happen anyway. Will it happen fast enough to beat our climate challenge? Will it happen in a way that is led by America and not dominated by firms from other countries? And will it happen in a way where the benefits reach everybody quickly, including those who, uh, because they are lower income, stand the most to gain by being free uh, from, from gas bills, but only if they can afford the vehicle in the first place? Those are the things that don't happen on their own. That's why we think it's important for policy to play a role, getting that charging network out there. Uh, and we continue to believe in the idea of making EVs cheaper through tax credits until the market has come full circle. Uh, and, you know, in terms of when we'll hit that point, uh, the president set out a goal of, of uh, a half of sales being, uh, being EVs. Uh, by the end of the decade we just passed five percent which many analysts can consider to be something of a tipping point in terms of some of the scale effects so i'll be very interested to see it accelerate and watch uh, the uh, auto industry continue to uh, rev up its supply to meet the growing
0: demand for these vehicles and quick follow-up question there if i may is Tesla and the Biden administration on the same page? Do you think?
1: Look, we we're uh, as a regulator, we call balls and strikes, and and, and we, uh, we we regulate companies to make sure that they're compliant with the laws. We don't uh, cheer for one company over another. Tesla is the largest producer of of EVs in the country. They've played. A, a remarkable role in propelling uh, the EV revolution. Uh, there are many companies that are, that are doing remarkable work. Uh, and again, my primary role uh, is just to make sure that every auto, uh, auto that, that, that hits the road, no matter who made, it is safe uh, and, and complies with our safety expectations. And then more broadly to work private sector to ensure that this is a made in America EV revolution.
0: And final question, before I let you go, one other issue I wanted to get your take on is the news from last night that the House of Representatives voted to codify the right to same-sex marriage. And I saw you tweeted about this, pointing out how 157 House Republicans voted no. Should this concern investors and business people, Mr. Secretary?
1: Well, I think so. I mean, first of all, hopefully it just concerns everybody at a uh, at a human level. Uh, and I say that as somebody who knows that, that my marriage is, is now somehow once again up for debate in this town. Uh, but also, if, if you think about it from a, a more dollars and cents point of view, and I say this as a mayor who was uh, uh, leading my city in Indiana uh, when then Governor Pence uh, pushed a, uh, a notably anti LGBTQ bill that was really devastating to the reputation, the business community of my state, and actually it was the revolt of uh, a lot of business leaders, Republican and Democratic, uh, that helped force uh, then Governor Pence to backtrack. Uh, I do think we have to. Uh, Face what uh, message it sends uh, to uh, to our own projector and, and, and to, uh, to the global community when uh, you know three quarters of the members of Congress from one of our two major political parties uh, went out there and said in 2022 that they are against marriage equality in the United States.